Good morning. Um, So today's reading is Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 to 31. um, And this is the ESC version. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Well, thank you to to Natalie for sharing the reading this morning. Well, I suspect you've heard this passage before. By show of hands, if you haven't ever heard this passage, let me know. Okay, just checking we're all still awake. By show of hands, if you've heard this passage before, would you raise a hand? Now, if you've not, there we go, if that was close. <laughs> I thought, now anyone who hasn't raised a hand, I now know that you're not paying attention. <laughs> well, this morning we're continuing our sermon series on the topic of rest, and this is going to be where we're headed for the next couple of weeks. And, um, you know, the subject of rest, I think, is an important one for us to consider. After a fairly tough year and a half, they're saying that the world, collectively, we're experiencing the aftermath, the effects of the pandemic still. And what I mean by that, I don't mean the fact that we still wear masks sometimes, although our rules are just slowly changing. You know, you can come to church and when you're sat in church, you don't have to wear your mask. You just need to wear it when you're singing. There's an idea. (laughs) We can continue being two metres distant from one another, and that means that, you know, that is the gold standard, really. So we keep practising distancing. As we're moving forwards, we're thinking, well, what does the future hold? Will we forevermore be blighted by the frustration, the inconvenience, but worse still, the the honest fear of a global pandemic. And I think this is a good reason for us to consider what the Lord says about rest. You know, usually, and as the person who puts together our sermon series, that's me, (laughs) something that happens behind the scenes, uh, it's one of those privileges of being the pastor. You get to... There aren't many perks, but one of them is that you get to choose what we're going to hear about. And it's less a perk and more a responsibility because I pray about it, I think about it, I put together short sermon series. We very often work through a book of the Bible exegetically and expositionally, which are two fantastic words from Bible college. Uh, And they basically means that we... We work through a passage deliberately 
verse by verse, not flitting here, there, and everywhere, hopping around. Not that that's a bad thing. Sometimes we have a topical series. This is a topical series that we're in at the moment. But I think it's important to balance more towards an exegetical, expositional pattern because we learn the fullness of Scripture. We learn its meaning. We, we journey through a story together, a book together. We take in all that it has to offer and then we can contextualize from the story that we're hearing to the way we're living today. And this morning, as we, as we do more of a topical series, which is the plan just for a month, I try to keep these short and sweet and I, we tend to only do them maybe once or twice a year. But I think they're important to do when there's a topic that we really need to consider. And on the back of the last year, the topic of rest is just something that's really been on my heart. You see, rest is something that we all define differently. Have you noticed? For one person, a workaholic, they might say, but I I really enjoy my job. I, I rest so that I can work. Someone who really loves spa days might tell you that they, they feel the most rested, the most relaxed, the happiest when they've been able to get off and enjoy a day away in that tranquil environment. That environment typifies what they consider to be a restful space. Still others will say, Oh gosh, I don't like that. That that doesn't sound good to me at all. I mean, people poking and prodding me, the the best bit is when they leave me alone and I lie beside a pool. But even that seems a bit dull. You see, rest, a bit like fun, is something that you know it when you see it. But you've got to go looking for it. Some people talk about how life has to have balance. But actually, this morning, I want to talk about rest from God's perspective. You see, when we think about rest, in fact, I would commend this little piece of thinking to you for every area of life. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, consider this. God first. What does God say? When we consider rest What does God say? When we consider fun, what does God say? When we consider church, what does God say? And actually, as Baptists, this is a fairly significant part of our ecclesiology. Because of the priesthood of all believers, which is something that we hold to as a defining trait, something that we think is important within the church, Each one of us has equal access to God. I might be the the minister or pastor, but we all have access to God. I don't get to stand in between you and God, helping you be better friends with him. But instead, my entire job is just to try and point you towards him a bit quicker. And you can go to him directly. And that's why the church meeting exists, to remind us that we're going together We're going collectively. We're listening to God. We want to believe the things that God is saying. We want to hear what God has to say about how we live, how we run our church, what we do, what we don't do. And I think when we think about rest, what we don't do is just as important as what we do do. God first. This passage says, have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God. 
The Lord's Prayer starts, Our Father in heaven, glory be your name. You know, we look to God first. Jesus told us to do it. This passage encourages us to do it. If you want to know what it means to be a Christian, it's God first. And best yet, God doesn't grow faint. He doesn't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gets it. He knows it. He knows it all. But when we start thinking about rest, we need to start with God. The modern world that we live in today often encourages us to think of myself first. We are a people living through a very self-centered age. Even well-meaning course corrections in the life of the church have led to misunderstanding. You know, people say the church is the people, not the building. But before we know it, we're thinking, well, I don't need to go to the building. I enjoy nature. I meet with God by myself. I'll have some quiet time on my own. I'll go for a walk. And those are all great devotional things to do. But the purpose wasn't not meeting together. We're told to meet together. We're told to wait on God collectively. Church is the collective expression of the Christian walk. And our devotions are our personal dedication, our and disciplined action, and the root of the word discipline and disciple are the same. So what we're doing matters a great deal. But I want to remind us something this morning. What we're doing is just as important as what we're not doing. You see, what we're not doing can be all of the cares of life. It can be not writing your shopping list in the back of your head while you're sitting in church. It can be not thinking about the Christmas list of gifts that you've got to buy because someone mentioned Christmas rather unkindly in the middle of October. It can be as simple as stopping, waiting on that still, small voice, the voice of the Lord. I think rest is every bit as important to God as everything that we do. And more than that, I think God wants to rest with us. He wants us to rest in him. In fact, this passage talks about those who wait upon the Lord. You know, if you're always rushing from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, you're not waiting on the Lord. I don't say that as a a word of criticism of the lives that you're leading. I don't think that would be helpful. But I do think it's a helpful reflection to remember that we need to wait on the Lord. Waiting on God. Waiting on the still, small voice of the Lord. Waiting on his goodness, his grace, his purposes not ours. And I think that's important for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think God cares more than you do about whatever it is, whatever the cares of your heart, 
God knows. God wants to hear from you about them. The Lord is our loving Heavenly Father. He delights in hearing from us, his children. God cares more than you do. Sometimes in talking with people, I've found that they are terribly concerned about how they'll talk to their friends about God. And I think, well, God cares more about your friends than you do. Sometimes with family, we can feel really burdened for a family member, but not know how to share. I know I've certainly felt that in my life. God cares more than I do. There's no point in me getting really busy, really worked up about it, because God cares. Secondly, there's God's perspective. I think God has a unique perspective. If God, the King of heaven and earth, is telling you that it's important that you rest, if the King of heaven and earth is telling you that it's important that you rest, well, it might be important that you rest. Thirdly, resting in Jesus, resting in his goodness, his grace, his provision is the best rest. How amazing is it that we believe in a God who wasn't content just to save us, but to save us to himself, to make a place for us in his family, in his kingdom. You know, this is an Old Testament passage and this is encouraging people to wait on the Lord. And I think when we wait on the Lord, when we're renewed by his strength, his purpose, his provision for our lives, that's a wonderful thing. But how much more wonderful is it for us who know Jesus, who know Jesus, who have the gift of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Who don't just know Jesus, but know him at work in us. You know, in the Genesis account, we hear that even God rested. He saw his work was done. He saw that it was good and he took a pause, took a break. He who doesn't grow weary with We've just heard that. He doesn't grow faint or weary, but even God rests. People often talk about how the best leaders don't just say, you know, do what I do, but they lead from the front. They show us what that looks like. They're not just saying it, but they're living it. God's encouragement to us to rest is one that we see in the person of Jesus is well illustrated to us. At the height of some of the greatest ministry moments, these mighty moments, these mountaintop moments that we talk about, Jesus withdraws right at the point where you think, wow, if this was our lives today, we would be thinking, yeah, revival is breaking out and Jesus withdraws. He goes to be with God. And actually, I think the key promise in this passage, the key promise in this passage is that the Lord will renew your strength. The Lord will renew your strength. 
That's an amazing promise, isn't it? That's a promise from God that he will renew our strength. And so we need to position ourselves rightly. It's so easy to to just keep doing things our own way. I don't know about you, but I find as I get older, there are certain rhythms to life. There's a routine that when I don't have that routine, things are just not quite right all the rest of the day. If I have to get up excessively early, you know, 5am or something or before for some purpose, I don't feel quite myself until about two. And then after four, I start to feel really tired. The whole day is just a bit wrong just doesn't quite feel right. Those little things that you're used to doing at a certain time each day that start your day off right, they've all gone out the window and it's all just up in the air. But let's not just have our habits, let's not just have the things that we're used to, but let's have God's perspective in the midst of that. You know, God wants to be a part of our lives every single day. I think God's so amazing. I think the way he quiets our minds when we're struggling and brings his peace to bear in our lives is such a wonderful gift. I think the way he comes to us when we are hurting, when we're sick and just draws close to us, reassuring us by his presence. Or in the midst of our busyness, as we busily lurch from one thing to the next thing, the fact that he can just slow us down and speak into our lives is amazing. But let's be deliberately building lives with a pattern, with a recognizable pattern, where we are prioritizing the person of Jesus. I think also the capacity that the Lord has compared to our own is something that we just don't really appreciate. A few years ago, we, uh, we did a big church thing, a youth event. And um, for this youth event, we decided what we wanted to do was do an outreach for the young people in the area. We'd been working with the local council. This was in Stone. They'd said that one of the big problem nights of the year every year was Halloween. And so we put on this big event and we had all the kids come and we encouraged them to come as superheroes, but we called it a Halloween party, not to celebrate Halloween, but to give them an opportunity to come and have a party on that evening. And we'd theme it around superheroes. And we did this quiz, and the quiz was all about who is the superhero. And we we read out these amazing powers that these superheroes had, and interspersed through there, we had little examples where actually it wasn't a superhero, it was Jesus. You know, we had great things or, or Bible characters. I mean, Jesus walking on water, it's pretty mind-blowing to a 12-year-old. They're like, wow, which superhero is that? 
You've got superhero strength in people like Samson. You've got Elijah running down a mountain faster than a chariot. They all thought that that was a superhero called Flash, the Flash. And I was like, uh, I don't know who that is. <laughs> One of those fun moments where you just feel a bit old. <laughs> but um, as we were thinking about these things, God, God does amazing things. God's people do amazing things in his name. God is actually so much more powerful than we realize. I think in life we can get caught up in the mundane. We can get slowed down by just the plodding of life and we lose sight of how amazing God is. And so when we wait on the Lord for him to renew our strength, that isn't just a good thing to do, but that's how we need to live if we're going to live as God's people. If we're going to have what God needs us to have, to do the things that he's calling us to do, we need to wait on the Lord, who's going to renew our strength. So it isn't just that we're positioning ourselves rightly so that life is easy, so that we feel a bit better, so we've got the energy that we need, but we're positioning ourselves in a certain way because we know that God, the King of heaven and earth, the Lord God Almighty, has a plan and a purpose for our lives that we can't live out in our own strength. If we were a bit more Pentecostal, that might have been where I'd have got an amen. <laughs> and lastly, the Lord's promises. One of the Lord's promises is that when we wait on him, he renews our strength. I'm fairly confident the rest of the language here is more a metaphor than a reality. It says they shall mount up like, mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. Red Bull has been making similar promises for several years now. I know who I've got greater confidence in. But these are encouragements to us. In the New Testament, it talks about running the race, persevering towards Christ. Running the race with a great cloud of witnesses, the church, I would suggest. The church and more. Mounting up with wings like eagles. I always think what an amazing encouragement to get a bit of altitude on the situation to get a different perspective on things. To not grow faint, to not grow weary in doing good, another place in the Bible references. An increase in our strength. You know, it's very easy to put ourselves at the centre of the story. In fact, we were talking about that just a moment ago. How in the world that we live in, we can be very driven by self. But we need to put God first. Because when we put God first, 
God's plans and purposes for our lives come to pass. When we put God first, his purpose, his promise, his provision is evident in our lives. When we put God first, when we recognize who he is, what he has done, we know that the best is yet to come. Because God promises that when we wait on him, he'll renew our strength. And God promises that he'll draw close to us when we draw close to him. We don't want to be like the youth that faint, the old men that grow weary, because the Lord is our strength and our portion. And it's so easy to lose sight of who God is calling us to be. You know, God isn't calling us to be a people that are so busy trying to do the things that God has called us to do that we aren't a good advertisement for who God is. I'm going to say that again. (laughs) You know, God isn't calling us to be so busy that we aren't a good advertisement for who God calls us to be. It can be so easy to end up doing so much that our testimony isn't that God is good. But usually that's because something is out of balance in our lives. Because God is good. And so we have to stop. We have to ask ourselves, what am I here for? What am I doing? What is the priority? What is God calling me to? And that isn't to say that we don't work hard. Because another part of the Bible talks about how we should work. We should live as though everything that we're doing, we are doing for the Lord himself. And that's a great challenge to us. But if we're always running on empty, if we're always running and we're never resting, if we're not trusting that God's got this, that the best is yet to come, if we're living living lives that don't reflect the glory of God, Maybe we just need to rest, take stock, refocus, recognize what's important. The old cliche about being human beings, not human doings, comes to mind. And then let's really commit ourselves fully to those things that are important. from a place of grace, from a place of rest. What are we called to do? What is the Lord in? A great many churches up and down the country, I'm wrapping up here, I promise, just a couple of last thoughts. Churches up and down the country have been celebrating the fact that the pandemic has been like hitting reset on church life. 
this is a great opportunity to us. We've got really used to doing things differently and another set of normals is coming along and we can choose those things. We can choose those things. We can choose what this next season of life will be about. What are we going to build together? I'll say that again. What are we going to build together? What have you got a heart for? What have you got a passion for? Where is the Lord moving you? You know, these are questions that we can only ask from a place of rest. These are questions that we can only answer having positioned ourselves in humility before God. And as we work towards those things, there are some things already in the works. But what is it that the Lord is laying upon our hearts? What are we praying for? What are we asking God to do? What are we believing that only he can do? You know, some people say if the vision isn't so big that you feel totally overwhelmed, it probably isn't God. When we're overwrought by life, when we're overwhelmed, we, we retreat. We tend to shrink things. We shrink the vision of God to the size that we can afford to accommodate within our own lives. And that's a real challenge to us because if we do that, if we shrink things to a, a me-sized vision, that might seem good for a moment, but in the fullness of time we realize that that is just so much lesser than God's best. We want to put God first, not just because we like it when God does things his way, we want to put God first Because if it isn't a big vision, if it isn't a God-sized vision, then what are we really going to accomplish? No more than we could have done in our own strength. But if we aren't waiting on God, if we're not resting in his presence, if we're not practicing good patterns of waiting and resting generally, how are we going to be used by the Lord? Lastly, final thought, and I'm wrapping up here. This passage, I think, is an encouraging one because um, it talks about those who wait upon the Lord, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. It's not very often that the active part 
You know, I think every message should have something that we're going to go away and we're going to consider, something we're going to do. I hope that there's more than one thing that we consider when a, a message is preached in church. But I think sometimes the application is just so blindingly obvious. Isn't it a blessing when the word of God is just so clear, it doesn't require us to think about it too hard? <laughs> so what are we going to do? Well, I would commend to us that we need to wait on the Lord. Wait on God. And I don't mean we just have a, a day where we watch telly and chill. I think we need those days as well. Those days where we just slow down and let life just change the rhythm and pace. When we've been sick, when we've been busy, when we've had a lot going on, it's good to to break that. Or even just when we've got into a bit of a rut, we've got our routine, we're just doing the same things every day. Switch it up. Take your morning walk in the afternoon. <laughs> Find a way to make some time in your day. Give the Lord your full attention. Life is full of distraction and noise, things clamoring for those moments in our lives. Let's take a moment, let's focus on the Lord. Let's seek his goodness. And let's remember that God wants us to rest in him. Not just to rest, but to rest in him, to draw closer to him. I love that this passage starts, and this is my final thought, because I said I was closing and this is it. Have you not known? Have you not heard? Have you not known? Have you not heard? Here's a great recommendation to us. Think on these things. Do you, don't you know? Haven't you heard? God is everlasting. You're not. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow weary. He doesn't need a day off. He's always there. He's ready to meet with you right now, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And while we grow faint, he gives power to the faint. While we grow tired, he increases our strength. When young men grow tired, that's when you know something is hard work. They seem to have boundless energy, don't they? It's always a great illustration in church when you've got some young kids running around doing laps of the room at this point. Even they grow tired. Have you seen? They just crash. <laughs> it goes on. And young men shall fall exhausted when you're just so overladen when you're just tired we call it burnout these days when you're just burnt out come to me all those who are weary come to me those who are faint come to me those who are burnt out who are needing a touch from heaven who are needing my strength that's what the Lord is saying to us because I'm going to renew your strength. 
more than you could imagine, more than you could have hoped for. It'll be like you've mounted up with eagle's wings. You'll be able to run without growing tired, to keep going, to keep plodding on in this walk with Christ without growing faint. Isn't that an amazing set of imagery? Would you pray with me? I'd love to just pray that for us this morning. Father God, we thank you that your ways are not our ways. We thank you that your strength, your power, Father, your ability to do what we can't. Lord, that is something that we we don't understand. We know that we don't understand. The way you renew us, the way a moment with you can refresh our soul. And Father, we thank you for that. We thank you that our ways and your ways are not the same. Father, because you are so much greater. We bless and praise your name. We ask for more of you. Renew our strength. Fill our hearts. Bless us. Draw close to us. Help us. We need more of you. In Jesus' name. Amen.